0: to be in John 10 today, a relatively familiar uh, scripture to, to maybe some of us. Um, if you come, especially if you've, you've spent any time uh, with Pastor Terry at Alive in, Grand, or Alive in Jenison, he talks a lot, he loves John 10. Uh, and so we're going we're to sort of unpack this a little bit. But before we do, uh, let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Father God, we uh, just come before you um, before we're about to open your word, this living word uh, that that speaks truth to us, no matter uh, how long ago it was written. There are truths that we uh, can take from it, uh, ways that you've spoken to us and so I just pray that you uh, soften our hearts and open our minds and our ears to the message that you have for us today. In Jesus name, amen so uh, we're going to talk a lot about sheep today. Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd, and we are his sheep. And if you can imagine, in a first century context, um, people were like, wait a minute, you're, we're call, you're calling us what? Shepherds were the lowest uh, thing on the totem pole, and sheep, uh, everybody knew, are, well, they're sort of dumb, right? <laughs> sheep are a little dim-witted. They don't do well um, on their own without a shepherd. They're the kind of animals that, if they were get out of the gate, they kind of freeze and they're like, what do I do now? They're not like, you know, if you have a dog or whatever, it gets out of the gate, it's like freedom and it starts running and doing all the things. But a goat is sort of, or a, a sheep are just sort of like, now what? And they, they get a little afraid and they don't know what to do. And if they wander off, they get into trouble in, in a really, really quickly. Like they just get into all kinds of trouble because they let their stomachs lead the way, right? So they are known to, if they come across like poisonous plant, they will eat it until they die. They're not smart. <laughs> They're not smart in any way. Um, if a, um, a sheep falls on its, on its back... It can't. It it can't get up. Now it might have. A, there you go. It might have a tremendous effort. It might be able to right itself, but um, but they can't. So, if that goes unnoticed, it will either be eaten by a predator because it's easy prey, or it will just get left behind, right? And it will will die because of that. There's actually. So I really got deep into some YouTube about sheep. I'll spare you all the details, but there's actually. Uh, a YouTube video from a guy in England, because in England, there's a lot of rural places where people are like moving their sheep and you encounter sheep on the road all the time. So he's like, if you're out in the countryside for a walk, he has a video about how to write a sheep and help it live. Um, so if you're ever gonna go to England, you wanna check that out just in case uh, that happens to you. Uh, but they just do other things. I mean, now we're, we're in a farm where you see most sheep if you're at a petting zoo or a farm situation. <laughs> You might be across the road, like they, they're really excited about eating some of that hay and then they didn't think it through and now they're stuck. Or they're at a petting zoo. Maybe it's a Post Family Farm and you encountered something like this. Shoot, <laughs> got his head stuck in a bucket. And now he can't get it off his head at all because he needs help. Sheep, not super, super smart. Uh, and so people in the first century are sort of like, this is what you're comparing it to. And I feel like, I'm like, yeah, right on. I feel like this a lot in my my life and feel like I've been there uh, where I've just been stuck and I can't find my way out and I need some help. Have you felt that way? Have you felt that way? I feel like I identify really, really well with with sheep. Um, And sometimes they just get like unbelievably stuck and they're trying to get themselves unstuck. And well, watch this. (laughs) he can't, and he's trying, and he's not, and I'm gonna get, oh, nope, I'm gonna back out, oh, still no. (laughs) He he can't, he can't, he can't get himself unstuck. This is where uh, the shepherd comes in, right? I have to help you get unstuck, poor guy. The audio is just a guy completely laughing at him, so... uh, sheep, I, I get it, right? I especially actually love that video because I feel like in our lives sometimes we work so hard to get ourselves unstuck instead of calling on the one, right? That is there, gonna be there, it's there to help. And that's, that's what Jesus compares us to, the sheep. So turn with me to John chapter 10 and we're gonna read the first uh, 10 verses and then sort of take a break and, and dive in there. So if you've got a Bible, Um, John 10, and if you are a device, uh, or it's on the screen now. Are you impressed? Look at me. I know, I put something on the screen. You're welcome. All right, John 10, starting at verse one. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, talking directly to them, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. It's a lot, like Pharisees don't understand, the disciples are confused, like it's, it's this message that he keeps saying, but it's difficult. So he goes on, therefore, Jesus says again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So that's the first 10 verses, and he's speaking directly to the Pharisees. We've talked, spent all kinds of time talking about the Pharisees. He's trying to get them to understand uh, again who he is, what he's about, and, and, and they just never really understand it, right? And he's kind of coming in this time and saying, you guys are the people that are trying to take the sheep and lead them astray, right? You are thieves and robbers. You are speaking lies to my people because these people, they're my sheep. And he's making that really, really clear. And there's no other way to the Father but through me. I am the gate. I'm the way. I am the door, he says in verse seven. And and he calls his sheep by name, right? Sheep aren't like other animals, right? We said if they get out of the gate, they don't know what to do, right? They're scared. They're, um, they need to be led places. Left to their own devices, you saw. They get stuck in buckets. And there's actually a meme that I found at one time. that's like this, I couldn't find it back. And it's this sheep and it's like halfway stuck in a hole and there's a shepherd like this, like reaming on it, trying to get him out of this hole. I get that. It just resonates with me, right? Like they just, they need to be led. And when I think of this, all the imagery of Psalm 23 comes up, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Meaning I'm in desperate need of guidance, <laughs> kindness, compassion, and leadership. When that's what you're gonna refer to as the Lord, you're saying, I cannot do this you need to lead me place because I'm a sheep. If you're the shepherd, that makes me a sheep, right? So keep in mind everything we know about sheep and apply it to yourself, <laughs> uh, you know, ridiculous parts and all. Because even though they lack some street smarts, they're not, you know, they're not gonna survive in the wild. They still have this bit of intelligence that I think is, is unique. The shepherd, or they can, they can learn to distinguish the sound of their shepherd's voice. It's true. It's, the, it's kind of the craziest thing. Some, some shepherds will use like whistles or, or different tones and they can even understand that, right? They can even go, okay, that, that's, my, that's my call. That's my shepherd over there. So if, for example, if two shepherds are out and they kind of come together and they meet each other and their flocks get intermingled, they can call their flocks uh, and go their separate ways because the, the, sh- the sheep will only follow the voice of their shepherd. It's crazy. Again, YouTube it. Uh, there was this, this fog was kind of rolling in and all of a sudden, I don't know what language they were talking, but uh, calling the, he's calling the goats and you don't see anything, or the sheep and you don't see anything and you don't see anything. Then all of a sudden, a couple of them come a running and then when some come running, then the others sort of follow. And it's this kind of, it's just, it's just kind of nuts to me that this is, can this is happen, but they, they are so in tune with who, their, their shepherd is, that they can identify it completely. And if we take that analogy a little bit further, right? Often you are referred to as a flock, right? Like if I am your shepherd as your pastor, then you are the sheep and together we are a flock. But I'm not the only one preaching at you. I'm not the only one trying to teach you. I'm not the only voice in your life that you hear, right? You are constantly being told, how to live your life. You have a million different voices and a million different things and people that are trying to shepherd you in a direction that they want you to go, right? Some people, it's um, messages that you hear about what it's gonna take to be successful or what it's gonna take to be loved or you need, insert this product here. If you could just get married, swipe right and then life will be better for you. That's what you need. Pursue this so that you can be part of that and you can look like this. F- listen to me, follow me, do this, buy that, have these things, right? And you get all these messages and those people, those, those people, those companies, those places, those voices don't have your best interest at heart. They really like your wallet and they promise you the world, but we know that those things, right, clearly is telling us those are the things that are gonna kill, steal, and destroy parts of who you are, right? If you vote for this person, things will be right. If you have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, all of a sudden you will become a more healthy person. This just reminds me how lazy I am, me be real honest with you. <laughs> I think mean, it's eight o'clock at night and I got 5,000 steps, shoot. Right, Your troubles will be over if these things happen. If you get a better job that pays more money so that you can get the bigger house and the nicer car, then we talk about the American dream. There's clickbait. There's all these things that are saying, look at me, watch me. Pay attention. I, I know what's best for you. If you have these things, if you do, what's next? Because everybody listens to someone's voice. You're being influenced by someone or something And sometimes it's easy for us to sort of point to Hollywood, sports figures, advertisers, all those kinds of things that we say, yeah, it's those guys. It's the people of this world uh, that that are messing with us, that are out to kill and destroy. But sometimes I think there's dangerous words being preached on Sunday mornings. There's dangerous things that are being preached in the name of Jesus, Sunday mornings are the most divided time in our country about where to go. And some people are going somewhere else and some people are are staying home and we sort of spend time sometimes together in these places um, with this idea that we have it figured out and we are better than everybody else because we're here. This is what it's like to be an evangelical and if you don't fall into these categories and believe these things, then that's not you. That's dangerous. That's, that's somebody else's voice. That's, we need to be discerning about the words that are preached in the name of Jesus. We need to be careful that we're not, we're not ignoring, listening to the words, but ignoring what Jesus actually did, what he spent time doing, the people that he spent time with, right? Often we're gonna accept words of death because we can't hear the sound of our shepherd's voice. Matthew talks about it a little bit when we he, talking about you know end times. There's many, many that are gonna come in my name. Don't be fooled. Don't, don't listen to the voices that are there to kill and steal and destroy. There is one shepherd and he is good. We sometimes, and be careful how I say this, the Bible is an important, and it's good for us, and it's given to us, and it is the infallible word of God, but sometimes in our faith, in our Christianity, in our evangelical world, we lift it above Jesus, right? And we cherry pick some of the things and we take things out of context so that we can hurl it at other people as ammunition and ignore the actions of Jesus. Right? We're, we allow ourselves to be lured away by other voices that do not belong to the good shepherd. I do it. Have you ever had a kid who comes home and they start like just using different vernacular or all of a sudden they start dressing a little bit different and as a parent you're like, who are you hanging out with? The other day I was spending time with a friend and I, I used this word that college students use to me. I, I, I was hanging out with this is a while ago my friend Danny and she texts me she's like, "Hey, do you want to have brekkie?" Apparently that means breakfast. <laughs> so I tried it out on a friend of mine they're like, "Who are you hanging out with? What is going on that you you know, it's like you you're being influenced by someone." Those are minor examples, but in the in the larger scheme of things, whose voice is the loudest? My sheep listen and they hear my voice. This is Jesus saying, I am the only way to heaven. And and biblical Christianity, biblical Christianity, right, is is different and better than any other religion out there. Because other religions say, this is what you need to do to appease this deity. This is what you need to do to, to do things right. And we serve a God that says, I'm gonna come down to humanity and here's what I'm gonna do for you. That's what's so amazing about what it is to be a Christian, to, to follow Jesus, to listen to the good shepherd. Verse nine says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and they will find pasture. Be saved, Wanting to be saved from? Myself, yourself. We know that deep down inside, if we are honest with ourselves, there is something fundamentally wrong with us right? We have a sin nature that always, apart from God, will always lead us to be self-serving. In every circumstance, as good as we want to be, as hard as we try, the, the part of who we are will always move away from God and into things that serve us best. And sometimes when we're, when we're not paying enough attention, it, it happens so little, so incrementally, that we start serving ourselves more than we ever care about what God is telling us what he's what he's moving us for what he's moving us towards we just have this sinful nature that apart from God we can't we can't live we can't even we don't even have the ears to hear the good shepherd and we have make for ourselves idols right we talk about it all the time idolatry in the world that we have and our idols you know might not look like when you think about the new testament we're not bowing down to, you know, a bronzed calf or things like that but we have all these things in our life that we serve and we love more than we love Jesus and that's that's what sin is. Sin is this thing that says anything I love more than Jesus. That I give service to, that I pay more attention to, that I allow myself to be almost swallowed up by these self-serving things that make my life better, that make me feel better, that give me a sense of purpose about who I am because I have this job and I have this. It's stuff, but we love it. I love it. I have stuff too. Like I, I have these same, these same things and I just wanna hear the voice of my shepherd because when we belong to him, he leads us into green pastures. Pastures is the best place a sheep could ever be, right? A green pasture is luscious grass for them to eat and a place to feel safe and it is joy and goodness. That's where he leads us to. And verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I, this, is the, this is the famous part. This is the part that gets quoted all the time and it should, it should be on your lips. But I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. Now that word life, we use it a lot. It's used a lot in scripture. When Jesus says the life I'm giving you is a, is a Greek word uh, called zoe, right? And so oftentimes when we're talking about um, life, we're talking about uh, the Greek bios, which is physical life, biological life. And zoe is in Greek is a different, and it, it, it describes the quality of your life. So you have an idea in your mind of what you want your life to be like. Your best case scenario, the thing that you strive for and hope for, that's Zoe. That's the kind of life you've always wanted, but too overflowing, too abundant. And Jesus says, I'm here so you can have that. I'm here so you can have that because you cannot get it on your own. I have to lead you to it. You cannot lead yourself. We are sheep, we need someone to lead us, we need a voice that is for us, that's gonna help us navigate, that's gonna take the bucket off our head and make sure that we're safe and secure. Later later on, John will say in in John 15 verse five, um, you can do nothing apart from me. But in our minds and in our hearts, I don't think we believe that. I don't always believe that We like to think of ourselves, I'm going to give us another image. We don't want to think of ourselves as sheep. We want to be wild stallions, right? Open up the gate and just go and run free and do my own thing. And it's freedom is what I crave and what I love. And I don't want to be kept in a place and be told what to do. Ah, right? I just want to live my life. I want to do that. I want to be wild and free. We take our eyes off the shepherd. Right? We choose not to listen to his voice. We get distracted and we get enticed by other stuff that looks good that we think is gonna bring us life and it's gonna bring us abundant life and if I have this, it's gonna be good. And if I just had my student loans paid off and I, right, and I had enough free money to do this other thing and maybe I could get a nicer car. This is me. This is my brain. If I could do these things then, oh, that'd be sweet. They sound like life, but they are meant to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Jesus said, your job is to keep me in focus, right? I'm gonna lead you exactly where you need to go. You don't need to get your head stuck in a bucket. I got you. The ancient rabbis had this saying that the very best disciple would be covered in the dust of their rabbi's feet. So when they would leave, a blessing to them, they'd often say, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi, that right? you're following so closely as a disciple to your teacher, to your rabbi, that he goes right, you go right. If he walks through, uh, through a puddle of water, so do you. That you are following so closely behind him that the dust and the mud is getting all over you. That's what we're talking about. That's how close we wanna be to our rabbi. Because if I can't, if I can't follow my shepherd in all circumstances and be thankful for the places that he leads me, then I'm not sure he's really my shepherd. Because good shepherds often bring, bring things into the lives of sheep that they don't always want. So I gotta go with sheep, so I'm gonna just stay on that track. So bear with me, uh, because again, YouTube. Um, but if so, if, so I talked about sheep going on their back. Well, if a sheep finds itself in the family way. And uh, if, if a pregnant sheep falls on its back, it stands no chance uh, of ever being able to right itself. And then the shepherd loses two lives, right? So, in order to sort of help that, the shepherd gets that sheep and then starts to shear the sheep. It's like, and then sheep, maybe you remember in, in Isaiah, I started thinking about that. It's in reference to Jesus, but it says, as a sheep, before its shearer is silent, right? Shearing makes sheep nervous. They don't want that to happen. They're not sure what it's about. Is that true with alpacas? Do they like to be sheep? They hate it. It's, it's scary, right? It's like coming, maybe let's put it this way. If you are a parent or have been a parent in your life and you've taken your child to get vaccinated and when they're little babies, And it's the saddest thing and they have just these little thighs and here comes the doctor with the needles. You're like, this is so terrible. And then when they're five and they have to have them before they go to school, they're old enough to go, you're letting this happen to me? Mom, (laughs) like what are you doing? Here comes the doctor with this giant needle. But it's for their good. It's this unwanted thing in their life that is for their good. Walk with me to, to verse 11. We're gonna read that last chunk together. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep and they're not of this pen, but I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord." I have authority to to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command received from my father. The good shepherd knows his sheep and the sheep know him. The shepherd loves it so much that he'll lay down his life for any single one of them because that's how much he cares. That's how important. We sing a song that says, when one is lost, I will leave my whole flock. I'll leave the 99 and I'll go find the one. That's the shepherd, that's the good shepherd. That he cares for you, that he's, in mean, this whole section is foreshadowing of his death and his resurrection to come because the greater the love is the greater the sacrifice, right? A parent is willing to go through great lengths for their child because they love them. It's their kid, they've put time and effort and love into this kid their whole life. More so than anyone else. They don't have as much on the line that, the, the greatest sacrifice in your life will almost always come from your parents or, or somebody that's connected to you like that piece, that loves you like that, that takes you in as their own. That's the father. And he's also reminding the, the Pharisees that there's other sheep, right? I'm not here for, for the Jews. I'm, I'm, I'm here for everybody and I'm gonna start to, to invite other people into this flock of ours. And hey, church, that's for us too right? He's not just the shepherd of people that look like us and act like us and think like us and behave the way we think we're supposed to. And those other sheep might make us a little nervous, right? But they're part of our flock. They are part of our people that God is calling and we invite them into this space and love them like our own. Because that's exactly what God calls us to do. Because we all might be some dim-witted sheep, right? But our shepherd We're his prized possession. The creator of the universe wraps all uh, of his his treasure and his joy in you. In you. Of everything that he created, the world, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the solar systems, the galaxy, the platypus, how cool is that? He takes the most joy, all his treasure, and all his joy is in you. Each one of you are like a metal around his neck. And he just wants you to listen and lean in and and learn his voice. A a shepherd, a really good shepherd, the first thing they'll do when a sheep is born is they will lay down next to that sheep and start talking to it. So right away from when they're born, a shepherd wants them to start to recognize the sound of her voice. I want you to take stock in in who you're listening to? Who are you following? Whose voice is the loudest? What are some of the things in life and in the, in the behavior that you tend to follow instead of Jesus? We all have the things. We all have the idols that, we, that are our favorites. They just are. I thought about some, some of mine, like the, some of the, the, the things that, that I elevate, and some of them are, are ridiculous. They're things like Netflix, I'm not even kidding. Sometimes the amount of time that I'll spend on a Saturday morning with a cup of, and I'll just mindlessly consume these things. But around us, we see marriages that are falling apart, right? Because they wanna say yes to these things that are seemingly gonna make them happy in another person. You know, we see, our, our, we see broken homes and families and, and kids without a place, we see school shootings again. We are listening, we are a world full of people that are listening to, to, to voices that are louder, that we're allowing to be louder than the Father. So what kind of life are you pursuing and is it giving you life abundantly? Because I would say that if it's not the life that Jesus is calling you to, then it's not abundant. Are there things in your life that, that you love but are just stealing your life away? Are they destroying you? Are they things that are breaking you down instead of building you up? He compares us to sheep for a reason, right? Because we will never do the right thing apart from him. We just won't. We can try to be good people, but we are sinful by nature and therefore we'll never be able to do it. So if you notice the way sheep operate though, there's a little bit of hope here, right? Is sheep operate in a flock. Some of them are way further away, but when one sheep hears, the voice of the shepherd, they all come running. I, some of them gotta be like, I don't know what's going on, but here I come. <laughs> I'm gonna follow the rest of them. There's something, there's something cool about that. There's something that, that tells us about community and that's, that's why we gather together. That's why we're church together because sometimes we lose our way and we get distracted and we say yes to the things that are louder. But when we're a part of a community like this and we're called together and you hear the sound of the Father, People come running and you're gonna come along. We're gonna bring you along because we're in it together. And there are people out there that don't know the voice of the shepherd at all. But we're his sheep, we're his people. And so when we're out in the world, like that's our opportunity to say, come, be part of this thing. Jesus loves you and cares about you. And there is a voice that will give you life and life abundantly. That's what we get to start to talk about in the next few weeks. We're gonna start a new series called Life on Mission. And it's gonna be how do we take some of these things and be, really be light in the world so that other people will hear his voice and will know him. Because we have so many people that know so many people and we're in a community together and we want them to be part of this flock. And if not this one, then the one down the street. I don't care where they go, but we want them to be connected, not just to church, but to Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's be about that together. Let's pray. God, you are so good and your love endures forever. We are uh, dim-witted, oftentimes. We get ourselves in messes. We walk away from you. We listen to voices in our life that, we allow to be louder because we have all these things all the time that are giving us information and we compare ourselves to other people and other things and we wanna have more and we think that these things in our life sometimes are gonna give us the life that we always wanted, but we know that you promise. You're the only thing that we can have that will give us the life we want and we'll have it to overflowing, to abundance. And God, we we find refuge and strength in that promise. So, so for some of us today that have claimed that promise a long time ago, uh, I want you to, to, to remind us of that so that we can hold on to that, so that we can continue to say to say yes to you and that we can follow you and that we can make you a priority so that we can take the time to listen and to know and to recognize our Father's voice. And for the, the people that maybe haven't said yes to that and, and, and maybe are a little further away from hearing your voice, that they don't, You're not familiar to them yet. I pray that you will just continue to draw them in and give them the life that they've always wanted. God, we thank you for who you are and who we get to be when we stand in the light of Jesus Christ. in your son's name we pray and we believe. Amen.